Welcome to the Honor Your Aura podcast, a podcast devoted to learning about, caring for, and empowering the energy within, with your host, Kema England. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to bring you this episode with my dear friend, Howard Pillsmaker. Howard is the miner, keeper, sharer of the high-frequency, multifaceted crystal Auralite 23. For those that are not familiar with Auralite, it is, a one, I think, the oldest crystal to date. Its carbon data takes you back over 1.2 billion years. It's extremely rare. It's the only <clears throat> crystal that has up to 23 minerals in each piece and is only found one place in the world in northern Ontario, Canada. Now, Howard and I met through the crystal, um, through a very synchronistic and serendipitous encounter that if you want to learn more about that, you can check out Erin Viarino's The Path of the Lightworker podcast, which I tell that whole story because it truly is um, an episode in of itself. But I ended up having the opportunity to actually go to the middle of nowhere, Canada, and assist Howard in the mining of the crystal. I actually have gone back numerous times to the mine, and and then I actually helped him in the whole um, washing of tons and tons of crystals that would then be shared with the world, shared at the Tucson Gem Show. And it was the most amazing and beautiful experience and one of the most challenging experiences really on all levels, physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, and I would say the spiritual part was the saving grace, um, you know, to obviously never mind be in the middle of nowhere, Canada, where you don't know anyone, um, and well, which was totally meant to happen and be that way, because what, you know, being in almost solitude, you know, with a few people come and going here and there, um, was that it allowed me this opportunity to really be able to feel and observe and reflect on this potent energy coming from this crystal. If I had this outside distraction, I probably wouldn't have been able to be in such an observance of the energy. And really, that's what fascinates me most. And that's ultimately what brought me there. You know, Howard knew my love for the crystal and how fascinated I was by its energy. And what better opportunity than to just, you know, I was basically quarantined with, with tons, literally over probably three tons of crystal, I think, um, were in Howard's house after we left the mine. And, you know, that experience when you're surrounded by this crystal, I always say that the energy is like a flashlight. It makes the bright brighter, you know, in your life and in your the synchronicities, in the light on, you know, spiritual experiences. And then it illuminates the darkness. So any unresolved shadow that I had up until that point was like blasted, put on blast, and I had to see it and work with it. And, you know, it was really humbling and 
also just so pivotal for my own growth, my own learning. And I always say that it was seriously the best crystal training anyone could ever ask for. And it took what, you know, I, my interest in crystals, which I had, I was already working with them in my Reiki practice, but then it obviously took them to the whole, a whole new level. And I was able to really see every facet of the crystal business, you know, what it actually takes to mine a crystal, what it takes to wash them and sort them and then share them. And Howard's incredibly unique in this way because not many, my, you know, you don't find many miners spending, you know, a whole season mining and then doing all of the other work as well and then bringing it to share with the world. So it was truly uh, an amazing opportunity and experience and I have gone back to the mine numerous times since and I'm just so grateful for um, Howard and I's continued connection. You know, I definitely feel the universe brought us together and I'm excited to share this episode with you. Truly, we could have a whole podcast series just based on Howard's story. It's truly amazing uh, how he even began to mine the crystal, all of the the synchronicities in his own life that brought him to where he is today. Uh, this particular episode, we just start off with a casual conversation, which is why I think I could convince Howard to come on to the podcast today, although now I think he wants to uh, keep it going. But we dive into some to topics around organized religion and politics, and then we really dive into the crystal. So I welcome you along, and I will just pass it on over to the podcast. Do you remember when I brought you, Luke, Jason, Monica, and Stephen to the rabbi when we went to this, went to Stephen's synagogue uh, for his father, and then... Yes. Afterwards, we went downstairs in the in the Chabad gate and the rabbi, we brought the crystal and I was talking about how I wanted to get all these uh, people together underneath the, the, the wigwam at the mine from all the different cultures in the world and get the prime minister to come and everybody was, all these people were opposed to it because, you know, they don't want to be conflicted with their followers because if they show too much solidarity within each... And so they were giving every trying to give every excuse why they shouldn't do it, you know, and everything like that. When realistically, it was the most simple thing in the world. And you would think that people would be in favor of it. But there always seems to be an agenda behind everything mm -hmm. for, for everyone. Like it just yeah. always. I know. Well, and I think I and that's I mean, in such a contemplation right now with everything, because it. Like that's, I mean, how deeply embedded are these desires for, I think it's just what be feeling like you're in control that you can't come together for peace. But what, like what I don't understand is really why not? And what I also seems to be is that it's primarily all masculine energy that is basically saying I cannot be in a place of peace with someone else that is challenging my my desire for power and control. Yeah, we have the same thing here in Barry, like just with the Orthodox and the Reformed. Uh, like they have the Reformed has the most beautiful temple, and 
Mundle won't step foot in it. Yet, you know, when it comes to these holidays and stuff, everybody's talking about how we're all the same, like all we're all we're all equal, no matter whether you're it's so contradictory in some ways because they say we're all equal as being Jews, mm-hmm. right? And we're all looked at as being the same, but yet you won't step foot in somebody else's home because they don't practice the same way as you do. Yeah. So how does that make us all equal? I know. I know. It, it's, it doesn't make sense. There's a lot that doesn't make sense in this life. <laughs> you know what else I thought of, too? Yom Kippur. Uh-huh. It's like funny how that's the Day of Atonement. So it's like you are coming to terms with all of your sins, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, Rosh Hashanah, you, it, it's written. It's all your, you, this year will be written. And then on Yom Kippur, it's going to be sealed. But that's the Day of Atonement for all your sins. Now. I don't know what I did to sin. What did I do? What did I do to what did I where did I sin this year? Like I don't know where I sinned. Um okay, maybe I didn't keep the you know the what do they call the um, commandments. I didn't keep all 631 command 613 commandments, but I would never keep 613 commandments. And then you got to think about this. Mundell, if he kept all 613 commandments, why is he celib- Why is he have to atone for his sins if he didn't sin at all? So mm. I'm kind of like wondering, like, okay, sin. Like, what does the word sin mean? Because you see, see, this well, is how I can go off topic. A way to keep people in control. You know, like I, I think that it's this, and I do think that so, like, so many things. It's a it's a program that has been embedded in our, you, I guess you could say, psyche or in our in our energy lineage that has allowed for mass control. And the way that they do that, I think, is through, I mean, a lot of times it's through these organized religious practices that keep people because I think too people are so afraid of what's going to happen to them after they die that they'll do anything to feel like they are going to be um graced in that transition and the way because that's the number one fear and the one thing that has been so elusive for people i think that it's i think like this is what's crazy is that we are here living and the primary fear of all humans is death yet we don't offer commonly any alternatives to what happens when you die other than the stories that are portrayed in organized religion to keep people still in a place of fear of dying. They're not like saying that perhaps you lose a physical form, but then your energy still remains and you still continue to evolve and grow and can still communicate with your loved ones and all that you've been and will be. Why isn't even, not even like a glimmer of that. Yet, he, because and that like, would be too simple. 
that would be that would give us the that would give us our own power. We wouldn't right. we wouldn't we wouldn't need to be part of that. Like I don't I think it's a great thing to be part of a community, to be part of the people in your community. I think it's great to be a part of the community of the world. Like I was just speaking with somebody in Malaysia today, a young man who has a crystal business, and we were discussing like a lot of the implications of importing, exporting and stuff from Malaysia. We're talking about the coronavirus. We're talking about all these things. And it was really, it's really amazing to be part of the world community. And that's like just, you know, through the crystal, it's bringing me through the crea creation, I believe of God or yeah, God, that it's bringing us uh, like attaching us in certain ways. The crystal's attaching me to a lot of people. A lot of people are seeking the crystal, so they're coming to me, which is which is great. I mean, it's it's so amazing. And um, you know, I I just find that there's so such an open spirit to communication with people that are interested in this crystal. Mm -hmm. and and it because it it's 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 outside of like being manifested with a particular agenda there is no agenda it's like you feel this way about it and that's what you've decided that's the way you feel whereas like when you're talking about religion, it's more imposing, like just the tradition of what's been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's not like uh, aligning people outside together. It's only aligning those people within. So th within this community, yes, you'll find 50 people that belong to this organization that you're aligned within. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing outside of that. It, right. Right. And what I think is, you know, a few things on that I think is so beautiful is that especially when crystals are involved, it doesn't matter what your what the programs are that are not rooted in truth. And I think this is especially true with the Oralite that you are going to be brought together with the people you are meant to be brought together with no matter what your lineage, no matter what your, <clears throat> you know, story is and like the crystal will kind of sort that out and you realize that you can meet people from all over the world that have gone through all of their different experiences and none of that really matters what matters is the crystal brought you together for that moment and what I think is so beautiful about what you know when we started talking about that vision that you had of getting all of these world leaders at the Oralite mine together and Thinking about this, you know, I've, I've thought about this time, this coronavirus and all the different levels and layers that it has um, and is still like bringing forth for our growth in terms of like just humanity and our collective speaking is what I'm seeing so much is that because of what's being demonstrated, at least in America, I know um, and I can't speak to Trudeau because I, we, I do think that he is a wonderful leader, but <clears throat> when we're seeing people in power that are not representing our like moral ethics beliefs, yet we have wanted them to be the ones like dictating 
how we feel or what we believe and what we stand for rather than what's I think happening now and whether it be a political leader or a religious leader um, even a spiritual leader it's like this time this shift in consciousness is saying it's coming back to the self and saying you're actually the one in the power you're the one in control and you're the one that's actually making the change happen. So what I think is so beautiful about that vision that you had is like maybe the physical leaders were not are not going to be open to doing that yet. That mission, that spirit, that energy of that vision is actually coming true. It is actually connecting the crystal people from all over the world in this and in a very similar vibration and they and like that's like it's like this underground circuit that's that much more powerful than just if we just continue to give our power away to say the peace will only happen when these people that are in the power and control decide it to be so and i think now it's saying no it's it's up to us and that's really where the the change is happening and i think we'll see that even more so as time goes on yeah i agree i agree last night there was the debate with trump and biden mm -hmm. and one of the things i because i happened to catch a little bit of it this morning on video was uh trump said to biden uh he was, a, he was pointing out something about his son taking uh, millions of dollars from a Russian oligarch or something like that. And uh, then Biden just said, you know, this isn't about my kids. This isn't about your kids. This is not about you or me. This is about the people of America. This is, it's so quit talking about like kind of trying to throw mud at each other right? Mm -hmm. We should be talking about what's in the best interest of all the American people. Just like if you had a divorce and now it's the children, it's not about me or the woman, it's about the child, it's about the children. And people lose that because people are losing that um, like uh, vision that it's, 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 so it's not about me, it's about, it's about everybody else. It's not about me. So I think the you know, I think that was pretty apparent last night because I think Trump makes a lot of this about himself. And um, it's it's kind of hard for a lot of people to discern the truth through all this mudslinging, you know, who did this? You did that. No, you did this. You did that. Every, you know, um, when it really comes down to it, like it is like in Canada, Trudeau said it just a couple of days ago. This is about the Canadian people. This is about the health and welfare about the Canadian people. That's it. That's all it's about. So that comes number one, right? So what, you know, it's hard to get to that point when you're so mixed with so many other things that you can't like ground yourself enough to focus on what the most important thing is, is because there's so much. I don't know, I guess it's, there, there's so many different agendas with all these different people. And, you know, what's happening in America, and it's probably happening all over the world, is there is a disconnect between 
you know, the wealthy and the poor the, and, and, and the middle class, like the, the, the wealthy, it seems like the, the big, huge, wealthy people are actually just taking over the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it just seems like that they won't win. I'm saying, you know, no matter how many billions of dollars you have, you're not going to win anyways, because you can't take that money with you regardless. But in the meantime, there's all of, uh, all the other people and they like, you know, just like the crystal people, we all have a voice. And the more that we're putting our voices together, the more that we can think about the truth where the other voices have this huge agenda, whether it be just, you know, it's not necessarily in their minds to take over the world, but like just an example is like the 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 billions and billions and billions of dollars that already the billionaires had made uh, more from the corona from the from the covid-19 that and and they're profiting from this on a huge level and meanwhile all these small businesses have been shut down and nobody's there to help them mm-hmm. keep them going right so, i know i know and I what I mean I think you touched upon a few really important things and and I and I do think that that is true um and I, but what I what is really amazing is that this time has been one while been it's been uncomfortable it has been one where we are seeing that reality that much more clearly because that is already what in essence has been happening and going on And now, like, a lot of the truth, a lot of the darkness, a lot of the the control is being revealed. And I think about, to me, you know, my interpretation of Oralite from what I have witnessed, you know, through my time spent with you, then my time spent working with the crystal, from, you know, stories that I, you know, that I'm always talking with people about, like, the energy of this magical you know stone is that it it is such a representation to me of this time in particular because I've always thought of the crystal's energy as being one that is a aligned with like the highest truth and illuminates darkness so that what is meant to be seen even on our individual level for our own growth and evolution, we have to see the muck. We have to see the darkness. We have to see the, the the lies. We have to see the negative programming. We like within ourselves in order to grow and evolve and become more honest and loving and all of those things. So it's like we have to always go through these uncomfortable chapters in order of the seeing to ultimately grow and expand and I feel like yeah we don't want to be seeing and experiencing the the reverberation of what's going on especially you know in America um and in other countries but I do think that there is something really powerful to be said for that and to be able to see you know just like the the difference between let's say Trudeau who has the focus on 
the people to be able at least to have some sort of like worldly perspective to say, okay, as an individual, what is it that I resonate with? And what is it that I believe in? And what is it that I want to see like for myself and my beliefs? And then, you know, in turn, the energy that I want represented in my in my country. But I think it helps to keep us all in check because even, you know, you like <clears throat> being the, you know, the keeper and the miner of the crystal, you could do so many things with that. Right. And it's like, and this is why I think that you, in essence, like this has been a written part of your path and journey to fulfill that, those roles, because you are completely meant to given what, how you are navigating that and choosing to share the crystal with the world, because we can do anything with that kind of a gift, or we could not even see it as a gift. Like you could have dug yourself into a million holes or you could have like abused that ability or that seeming power and so i think that that's pretty amazing yeah yes it is i think you're right you know we can't say like it's like you can't take examples it's easy for people to let's put it this way it's easy for people to want when they hear about how much somebody else has and like Oh, this person made $1 billion last year. Okay, when you think about it. Um, and uh, like why, you know, I, I want to have a billion dollars too. I'll get to whatever it takes to make that billion dollars. And uh, what's, what's, what's ironic about this, I'll just go back to Trump for one minute because it came up in the news yesterday and it also came up in the debate is he paid $750 in federal income tax in the year 2016, $750. Oh my God. Here's the guy that claims to have $3 billion. He paid one fiftieth of, no, say no, one twentieth of, or one thirtieth of what an average school teacher pays in taxes, or one thirtieth of what a police officer pays in taxes. Right. This average people making a good, honest living. And here's a guy that claimed and he didn't claim it. The New York Times came out with it and he was confronted on it. And he cannot prove differently and did not show any differently that he paid in 2016, the year he was elected, seven hundred and fifty dollars. So now he's like explaining last night. This is how the, the tax laws are. This is how I can you know, this is what we can do. This is what we can do. We can manipulate it. We can do whatever, you know, because it's all written. So it's like how, so, but what kind of example is that setting for the rest of the people? Is that like saying to the rest of the people, I can make a million dollars a year and not have to pay any tax. So I don't have to do anything for this country whatsoever. I don't have to give back anything. I can just have it all for myself. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's the same thing as having the mind. It's the same thing as having anything. Mm -hmm. You can say, I could have it all for myself, or you can choose to be like, you know, if you're fortunate enough and you see that you're fortunate enough, you, you say, I am going to give back so much to people. I am going to give of myself. I'm going to give from my pocket. Um, I'm going to help people in my community. I'm going to help people when they need help. Like, 
So it's not just for me. No. And that's where the privilege comes in. So that's the test because you could have so much and just be thinking about yourself. And that's what he represented yesterday by saying what he said in his thing. Now, I don't want to get into too much politics because I don't really like the subject, but it's just an example of an abuse of power that's being shown right now in front of us mm-hmm. to the rest mm-hmm. of the world. Like how many people like there, he must feel like, how do you get out of that one? How do you, how do you, how do you make yourself look good when he's always obviously to make himself look good to say, I'm proud that I only paid $750 in tax. Meanwhile, you say you have like $3 billion in assets. That's just the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But you want to know it's so, in- it's like, it's so alarming and so out of alignment that I think that, you know, while no, is that our ideal situation that we have someone that is in that kind of abuse of power as our leader, but it's really like putting us into, into check, you know, technically we all have an opportunity to be in a role of power, right. In some way in our life, you know, and to bring a level of consciousness or awareness around that, I think is really powerful because there are so many, I mean, while there can be a physical representation of power, it is actually an energy that unless we see it represented so clearly through someone else in the way that we don't like, we don't necessarily reflect on the ways that we are doing that to ourselves or in our own life. And, you know, thinking about, you know, that's in of itself, I just think the the benefit of those extreme polarities. But, you know, what I think is really amazing, if you didn't have the, the I don't know, the approach that you do to being the, the keeper and the sharer of Oralite, we certainly wouldn't have met if you were hoarding it all for yourself. You know, you literally gave a crystal out of your pocket and it opened up a whole world of experience. I certainly don't even know. I mean, if, you know, if sharing crystals in the way that I do now was meant to be my path, I, I and it's like we can only speculate. Would I eventually like I don't think I could I personally don't believe that I could ever be as authentic of a sharer teacher of crystals of energy had I not had the and continue to have, but had I not had the direct experience with the energy of Oralite like I did and like I do now. Honestly, because it was only I, you know, I could connect with crystal energy in a way where I could say, okay, I believe in this or I'm intuitively drawn to them. But I certainly did not. um, I certainly didn't have the authentic 
firsthand experience and representation of what everyone was claiming the metaphysical properties of a crystal to be. There was a lot of that that was kind of just, I knew I believed it, but I didn't have the firsthand experience that I couldn't ignore or, or, or actually could say, wow, I, I get what that means. Yeah. No, I and get so, it. I and get so, it. But that, com- but you, I know that like <clears throat> for you being who, you know, who you are with what you stand for is so, such a huge piece around how the, you know, the, the energy of the crystal is being shared with the world. You know, that's really something because I wouldn't see that in myself unless somebody else had told that to me or unless I was able to share, like, unless I was, unless I, like, I've, I've been, the people that I've been sharing this with, um, actually have pointed out to me more about myself than I ever whatever could think of myself it, it was like so i might have had something in me like to be like that but nobody had ever told me that because i guess it was you know just the crystals that had given that opportunity to other people then they would share that response with me like in that sense, um, because I've just because I feel so much love from all the people that I'm meeting through this and they're giving me they're telling me these things. I had to have it inside of me, but I just wasn't aware that I was able to touch like so the crystals have helped me in the same way they helped that helped me the same way as they've helped other people. But I couldn't see, like, when I used to say, oh, I'm not metaphysical. I, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about metaphysical. And then people would say, you're the most metaphysical guy that I ever met. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, but I, I couldn't, I, I never, like. I remember dying laughing when you said that to me. Because not only you, I mean, everything you say, but your whole life is such a, like, before I even witnessed the energy of the crystal firsthand, I was listening to you tell the stories of your life and of your everyday life. And I was dying because it's like a pure metaphysical reflection or representation of the crystal's properties, which I think is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that because you like, you know, you obviously, I think there is that level of, only when someone can sometimes reflect something to you can you see it. But I think that that's what may, why you, in essence, I mean, I'll say the word chosen, but but it, but like really like chosen to be the one who is sharing this with the world. I mean, that to me is clear through just your whole experience of how you even came to mine the crystal in the first place. You know, and I think that you being able to hear reflected back to you um, these aspects of, of, of you, it's because that is so authentic to your beingness. And I think that is why 
you were in essence chosen to be the one to mine that crystal and share it with the world. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. I do think you're right in that way. Yeah, because uh, the so yeah, I, I mean, like life is life is like uh, with the life that we know in this world is 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 not like it's like not uh, we are limited to uh, to a certain amount of time. You know, we all hope it's going to be, you know, so, so, so long, but uh, so in other words, it's like sometimes people, whatever they do, they have to profit from the most. And I don't think I ever thought of myself as being that person where I would profit from the time, the energy of, you know, what you're giving to somebody or what you're putting into something. It was like, I don't, I look back now at it. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> I look back and I look back and uh, reflect on all you know, you know what I what I used to do for like all these people, but I never I never counted it and equated it to money. It was never equated to money. It was just about like this is this is the time, this is the feeling that you're that, that why you're doing something and you're just doing it because it makes it makes you feel good, but it also you're doing it for 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 somebody else in another way. So, I mean. I am getting out of it because I, when I give, I get because it makes me feel good. So I'm getting something, but um, it's it's not the same as like you know uh, some other things in this world where you just your time is so valuable that you have to profit from every moment of your existence, or you profit the most that you can in that existence when it comes to money. So um, I think in essence, it's like. Sometimes, you know, you, um, you just, you're not thinking about the money. It's, I mean, just, it doesn't, it's not like that's the number one thing. It's like, what are you doing to serve and to make this world a better place? So I think that that's maybe a reason why, you know, I kind of got lucky with, you know, I mean, with things I'm being able to share is because I never equated all the energy that I put into a lot of things prior to finding the crystals as as equation to making profit it, it was more like it came from my heart so um maybe you know that's the, the reason why but it's like uh, i i think it's uh so much has been created in this time to, for me that's been so exciting like all the opportunities that i had with so many people that um I think that was way more important than any of the money. I think that that was ever, you know, established through the crystals. It was the time that I put in the people that I've met, you know, and this year with COVID, not probably not being able to go to Arizona and seeing all these people. I mean, it's just a re it's a real reflection of uh, not so much of how good that we had it. It's more of a reflection of uh, what's in your heart and those people that you just love to meet and and be with and spend time with uh, that means more than you know just going for the money or anything you know yeah yeah i think that that energy carries and i think that your the energy of one's 
why is so valuable and important. And that is, I mean, as we know that, you know, it's not about the, whenever we're in the illusion that it's about like the money or the things that are attained, please get checked, you know? And I think what's really interesting too about you saying that is I absolutely do think that that matters. And I absolutely do think that that plays a huge part in, again, why you are sharing the crystal with the world. What I think is also very interesting, just to kind of touch upon what I can gather from the energy and what I think, you know, from what you've also shared with me about your own observances, the people in your life or the people that you've you know, heard from that, you know, have the crystal around them is that if there is something out of alignment like that, like if they are doing something for the wrong reasons, or if they are out of alignment with truth, being around the crystal in its magic will reveal that. It's like that will be uncovered. So I feel like even if you did have, um, if that wasn't in your nature, if you did have kind of a an illusion that it was all about the money and so on and so forth, the crystal wouldn't have like in, allowed you to do it. It's like you would have been forced to see where you were out of alignment with that energy or truth based on what the crystal would have brought to your attention, whether it be through how the, all the different ways that it does, right? It's like it's so clear to me sometimes how the crystal will check us if we are out of alignment with truth or authenticity or integrity with its energy that's it that's it yeah that's it and i would love because i think that that is such the yeah the magic and miracle of the crystal and i know that like i mean we could go on all day with all of your your stories around like how you've seen the crystal bring things out of people that were perhaps hiding beneath the surface. And I know myself. Oh my God. God, Yes. Oh my God. So much. And it continues to happen. It just, it just happens all the time. You know, I see it. Um, I taught, you know, I, I, I told, like I tell everybody, I told Ruby even, you know, when we get to the mind, the truth's going to come out, you know. <laughs> and it did. I mean, huge. Huge. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, you know, like in her case, because she's only nine, it doesn't mean that, you know, it, that, that nine-year-old truth, it is the truth from her perspective, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, she... The truth doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to change. It is the truth. You you might be saying the truth. Like you might be saying, I don't want to go with you to bury dad. I want to be here. You know, that's the truth. But that came out. Yeah. And I said, okay, you can stay here. She's like, okay. And, you know, all of a sudden she became so sweet and so nice and everything because I said, it's okay. You can stay here. I'll speak to the people tomorrow. You don't have to leave with me. Mm-hmm. Well, she gave me a hug and all happy and she goes let's go crystal digging now and it was like seven o'clock at night you know <laughs> that's just totally abnormal so we did that 
Mm-hmm. You know, next day we woke up, she's under the impression, I get to stay in Thunder Bay. Yes. That was the truth coming out of her, right? Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily what was right for her. So mm-hmm. I drove out of the mine and I locked it up and I, we went to the Terry Fox Memorial and we called her social worker. And I said, well, Matt, you know, Ruby wants to stay here and I just want what's best for Ruby. And I said, Ruby, you tell him. And she said, okay, dad, you get out of the car. I'm going to, I said, no, I'm sitting in the car. I want you to tell him. So she told him. And he said, Howard, grab your phone and go outside of the truck. I got to talk to you in person. Said, that's it. Either she's going into a foster home or she's going to be adopted by another family. You are her, you are her father. You're taking her. Mm. leave now take her so we got I went back in the car she thought she was going to stay I said we're leaving now and she didn't even put up a fuss she just said okay we drove off we, we drove off we we're heading east towards Barry you know later that day she's on the beach and she's like doing cartwheels and swimming and so happy and saying this is the nicest place in the world but See, the truth is, is, you know, we have to find, sometimes we have to find the truth and we have to try to work towards getting, like, to a better place. Because the truth could be, I'm a, I'm a very bad person and um, I'm just horrible and whatever, and that could be the truth. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't work on it for, to make a better so the truth will come out whichever way at, when you're around the crystal, yes. But it means that, you know, that's the truth, but doesn't mean it, it, you can't make it into something better from that point. Right, right. And, and it shows how layered things are as well and how, and how so many things can also be true at once. And, yeah, that it's it's not, um, no, it's not permanent. And I think that that's, that's an interesting thing that you said. And I, and I realized this, you know, the last time I was at the mine, because I was, it was like bringing me back to the first time that I went and bringing an awareness around what was, I would say, coming up for me in that regard. And I was like, wow, isn't that amazing that all of the things that were coming up for me, you know, four years ago, by like that being like the truth of how I was but it was more that the truth of what I was feeling at that time just needed to be exposed in order for me to move into something new that was actually more serving. And so it was like the, the energy that I had the last time I was there was so different because I was able to actually see all the different things that had come up for me four years prior that um, were able to kind of like their, the weight of them was, was able to shift based on me aligning with a higher truth that was actually in greater service of me. So right. it was like, it was like the, the light was shown on something that was, I guess you could call it truth. It was an it was an energy that I was feeling, or in Ruby's case, an energy that she was feeling. It was exposed and talked about, and then the permission to go into a new reality. 
And sometimes it's just to feel okay in that expression of something like that, that then the freedom comes. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's not easy. Some it's not easy. It's no. not gonna be easy sometimes. No. You know, it's like because I've seen so many people lose it. And for those people, a lot of the times they're still in the muck. They're not like they're not there. They just had to. It's like uh, they're not acceptant of the truth in a certain way. Or they haven't seen the ability to make the difference in their life to make it to make it true, like to make to make that 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 moment of truth change for the better for themselves. Um, I guess it all depends, too, on. The intent of a person because it goes back, it's all, I think a lot of it has to do with intent. If you see, it's like if you were there to serve, if you were there to love, if you were there to care, if you were there to share, then the truth at that moment will be changeable. But if you were there to take or there to, you know, to do harm or do something that wasn't right, then the truth will you'll be stuck with that truth for a long, long time. Like, I think it was just because of what, what, what was your intent? What was, what was coming? What was really inside of you? And you've shown what you've shown it. You've shown that side of you. But is, is what, what, what's in your heart? Like, what's truly in your heart? And, you know, so I think that has a lot to do with making the change. Um, but the truth does come out pretty quick. Like, that's why I say that to people when they do come to the mind. I think it's, it's just the, the energy of the area of the, where all the crystal is and where you are, I believe, has a lot to do with how it pours out of you very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that attests to um, when we talk about it being healing, Because, you know, and I remember the people, it was what I always thought too was so fascinating is, you know, the people that would come into your life because of the, I'll just say the resonant energy of the crystal based on what, what was in need of healing within them. Like the people that you have found that are like, I just need to be around you or I need to be around the crystal and, and it being that revealer. Um, showing and the ability to show someone what is causing their distress or their discomfort or their um, even disease or ailment, whatever it is that's going on. Like the, I just think about that woman with cancer and she knew why ultimately once she, you know, she knew what was the energy, the, the behavior, the thought pattern, the, that was out of alignment with her heart that was creating this sickness, this disease within her. And what I think is so amazing is that in of itself, but then ultimately that is revealed and then it's up to the individual as to what they're going to do with that. And if they're willing to have, be a co-creator in that, in that process. And that's why I love you never claim anything about the crystal in terms of its metaphysical or healing properties. You always just say it's yours to discover. And I think that that is so 
um, just beautiful and also in alignment with the crystal's energy in of itself. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And the and the intention and the why absolutely get will get sorted. You know, it will get sorted out if it's if it's not. And I think that that is true really for anything, but I don't think that it's, you know, out of all the things that you know, I always go on these rants of like 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 why aren't we taught certain things, but it teaches you that it teaches you the the importance of the the intent and the why of which you are creating really anything and how that absolutely matters in even in the creation of your life yeah yeah now the what i what i think i've learned too uh though this whole process is the fact that um, that with the with 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 the right intent, um, it seems like the crystal, uh, like the way it comes out of the ground. We've talked about if you have to force it, it comes out damaged, and if you just take your time and it comes out easy, it always comes out pristine. So um, the lesson is in life, I guess, is for a lot of things is like if we try to force things, they're going to, it'll, it, it generally will come out damaged. So it's like you want something right now. You want that crystal right now. I see it. It's right in front of my eyes, but it's just not coming out of the ground. You're, for, you're forcing it. You're taking whatever force it takes to get it out. You're sm smashing it, and it's just that's done. It's, it's damaged. It's no good. So if you just take your time and you just kind of gently work on it, it will generally come out pristine. And you don't and ultimately Mother Earth is the one that decides when the time is right, even if our ego or mind is is deciding that no, this time is right. And it's so reflective, right? Of Yeah. It's well, the same so lesson. It's the same lesson as we have just with problems that we have with each other or with day day to day life it's like it seems like you know you get you but you might get mad and frustrated because it's not happening right at this moment you know i've been there at times in my life where i've been upset or i just, just you just reach out and try to you know i'm i'm overloading people with my issues and my problems and stuff like that you know because i feel it's so important it's got to get this is so wrong everything's so wrong but yet what I've learned is that patience is really the key and accepting, you know, the differences between people is like between these issues that you'll have that come across and all these things that it's not like it will get resolved and it will get resolved in the way it's supposed to get resolved, not because you want it. Like I want, you know, I want, I won't be happy unless I get all this money or I won't, I, I, this piece, I've got to have this piece. And, you know, I remember years ago when Doug Schwarzenberger was at the mine and we were, we were, he found this beautiful piece in the side of the hill and it was, it was pouring rain and it was cold. It was late fall. And it was like this 
massive cluster, but you couldn't tell it was this massive cluster. He was, he was working on it slowly, but he was not willing to leave until he got it out of the ground. And the rain was pouring on him and it was freezing cold. And there was like rocks and mud above his head that were about to fall on him, like, and kill him. And so it was like 7.30 at night and it was almost dark and he was shivering cold, freezing cold, trying to get this piece of Orlite out of the side of the hill. And I, I walked up behind him and I said, hey, Doug, uh, I think it's time to quit now. And he's like, his, his jaws just, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, so, I'm so cold and, and I, 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 I got to get this piece, right? And I said, okay, another 15 minutes. I go, did you see all the rocks above your head and everything? Anyways. I went back down 15 minutes later. He said, okay, I guess I'll have to leave it. He, does, he was just, and I got him up to the cabin at the time. We had the cabin there and it was a fire and he was sitting in front of the fire shaking. And he said, I, you, you saved my life. You actually saved my life. You know, I really wanted to get that piece, but he couldn't get it. Well, the next spring when we went back, it just took like, it took like, like all you had to do was touch it with your finger and the whole thing just fell out on its own. <laughs> It fell out at the right time. I mean, he could have died underneath there just trying to get what he wanted, you know, as opposed to just leaving it. So the lesson is, is that's a huge lesson because it can go for divorce. It can go for divorce, you know, when you have to try to go for custody of your children. Uh, you know, you know, you're not going to be happy unless you unless it goes your way and you're going to be distraught and emotionally depressed and 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 you want to end your life and all this kind of crazy things because you know it's not happening the way you want it to happen right but and yet, so much energy and effort and right and yet you could just it might just it's all going to work out it's just you got to be more patient you know and i've learned that and it just happened i used to feel that i used to have to put a lot of pressure on things and i was just putting a lot of pressure on myself for for no reason. And, uh, and then through all this, through all these experiences, you just learn that life is, is just, you're not in control of everything. You're maybe in control of some things, but the more, you know, you can try to accept the situation at hand and work on it, but just don't get don't feel like it has to go all your way is probably a good, uh, a good way of, of dealing with things as opposed to forcing anything, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, I to say time is on your side and just that, that reminder, because there is that part of us that doesn't want to believe it, you know, but life shows us that over and over again. Exactly. Well, believe it or not, if you believe it or not, okay, because you, you're going to, there's going to be out there, the people that are going to be doubters will say, no way, that's not true. Uh, you know, you, it's like, if you really want something bad enough, you're going to get it. If you try, if you keep on persistent, you're going to get it, you're going to get it your way. You know what I mean? But they'll see eventually that like, you know, it's like, there's a big price to pay for trying to force things regardless. Right. And the right intention with the right action, you know, that's like, that's where, you know, it's like, that's the check, you know, because I, 
that and that's being like we don't think that that again like that matters but it does and what i think is really cool about this as well once you found the the mine but prior to that like you didn't know every step of your journey was leading to that you just you followed a like the synchronicity uh, well now looking back you can see the synchronicity rather but what i think is so amazing is that your ability to be open to seeing and to following i don't even you can i don't even know if you can call it intuition you were just open to kind of following your path and each step of the way even the things that were seemingly the the downfalls or the tougher periods were ultimately all pivotal for you ultimately finding the mine and then from there you know the whole journey afterwards but i think that that's such an incredible piece because if you had tried to force so many aspects of your life even prior to that you would have just been getting in your own way of that divine gift that's that is so true that is so true i i mean it's this time now I, you know, I really want to go to Arizona in January. I, there's nothing more than I love to escape the, the winter, the cold, harsh winters in Canada. I mean, after a month or two, it gets to be a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, what, what better place is there to be in the, you know, than in the, in the warm desert, not in the too hot of desert, but the warm desert, you know, and then head out to California even. So, you know, just such a beautiful change, right? But mm-hmm. this year it may not happen. Right. I can't force anything like you're just talking about. I got it. You have to accept it regardless. You know, I mean. You could try your you could you could try so hard and then end up getting hurt along the way. So it's like why, you know, so now it's like you just have to. And so at the course of all this is 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 continuum. It's not like. Every day now, it seems like. There's the continuum of all of how it started it just it's just you know what's next what's in store who are you going to meet who are you going to you know who are you going to enlighten what you know what 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 next it's like it's it's like it's just so i don't know it's such a beautiful adventure like you know when you think when i think about it you know it's like what a place to be that you can do all this and it doesn't feel like pressure you know it's like it's like a beautiful life and um like i i an example is like just the other day there's a a woman in new york who you know she's saying that half the city is vacated now people have left they've abandoned new york and there's so much crime and she lives in a, an ap- apartment building and you know she pays two thousand dollars a month for a tiny little apartment and she needs she sells crystals as a side job but she works at a storage at a storage facility for her the one that pays the bills that's the job that pays the bills and she goes oh you know i wish i wish i could I wish I could be like you and do all these things and everything like that, you know, because 
you know, but I told her we're all meant to be somewhere. We all choose to be where we are in a sense. It's not like, I mean, you, you, you know, you just can't, you don't have to accept the fact that, you know, that you have this job that you can't change. You can change if you want to change. And I think it's, it's, it's not like you have to force it to change. It's sort of like it'll grow on its own to change, but you have to have the willingness to change. And yeah, I think, you know, there's some things that we do that we make up our own. I mean, our destiny is probably already written, but there's things that we could probably change if we're open enough without there being too much friction in your life. I just said to her, like, you know, I have another friend that lives in New York and he's always saying, you know, this is the best place in the world to live. I mean, it's... I, there's so many restaurants, there's so much shopping, there's all these people. I love people watching. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why you're in New York City. And if you want to be in the country, you don't have to be at the mine. You could be, you can go, if you're living in a city, you can, you can choose somewhat to try to find yourself outside of the city. And, and anywhere you are in nature, you're going to feel if that's what you want, it's, it's going to bring you to uh, you, where you, where you, where you should be. Um, you don't necessarily have to just accept the fact that you're, you know, in the city. So that, that's a message I kind of have for a lot of people now. It's like, if you're, if you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you're in, like if the city's too much for you, then try to find something outside of the city and you, and you will find more if what you, what you're looking for. But there are people that just thrive on that. They thrive on being in the middle of the highly populated, you know, and, uh, you know, when we go out to the mine, it's like, you're there with just nature. It's like, that's it. But there's so many places in the world that you could find that, you know? Yeah. 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 I totally, I completely agree. And I think what's, you know, it's interesting about what you just expressed is just the, you know, talking about where we do and do not have the power, you know, and if you do have the power to change your situation or your circumstance or your environment, and that's what you're being called to do and you do it. But if life is very, um, specifically saying to you, don't like in your case like you're you were just talking about you know going to tucson or not it's like you it's very clear that you know life is going to be the one that is going to determine that for you and so when that's the case to be in that state of acceptance because even though in this moment you could get yeah like totally you know you could get really sad or or depressed and like think about all the things you're going to be missing out on or the things that you want and you can't do it and da 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 but you also don't know the greater reason why. And that could be that if whether you are or you are not going, but let's just say that life is determining for you that no, you are going to stay in Barrie. And the whole reasoning behind that greater meaning and purpose is only there to be revealed to you. It's like all those things that we think are these roadblocks that are so unfortunate. If we actually look at them, we can see, maybe not in that moment, why, but we can see the greater reasoning only upon reflection afterwards. Yeah. Like, and, 
that was a story. That was a story that Mundell had told in synagogue the other day, which is really cool. Um, so um, back in the day, apparently the story goes, Noah was building his ark and the people uh, were saying, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm building this ark. Uh, God has commanded me to put two animals of each thing on this thing because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the people said, no, we're not going to let that happen. Uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to destroy it. And just in the midst of the day, that's what it is. It, it's only written three times in the Bible where God says in the midst of the day, it's in the middle of the day. God brings this flood and the people can't destroy the ark because they got flooded out because it was they they were that's what was supposed to happen that was the story so Noah sailed off on his ark the ark was built and Noah sailed off on his ark the people didn't have a chance to destroy it and uh there was there was another incident and then there was another incident this middle one I can't remember but the third one I can clearly remember so uh, Moses takes the people and he divides the Red Sea, takes them out of Egypt, and they're at the promise. They can see the promised land, but God didn't want Moses to go into the promised land. So he said, in the midst of the day, God said, Moses, I want you to climb up this mountain and you're going to die there. You're going to die up at this mountain. That's it. Your life's over. Well, of course, Moses accepted God, what God said. He said, okay, I'm going to climb up this mountain. But the people, the Israelites, the people who were apparently at the time, they were called Sadakim, or they were like of a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. They also believed so strongly in God. Don't forget, they went through the desert for 40 years following this man, and wherever there wasn't food, food appeared. Wherever there wasn't water, water appeared. Wherever, wherever they needed, it was given to them to survive for 40 years, and their leader was Moses. Now God's telling Moses, go up this mountain and die. Right? So... Moses accepts it, but the people who believed in God so strongly didn't want to accept the fact that their leader is going to go and die now. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, no, Moses, don't go up the mountain. You're not going to do that. Well, this all came into the story about, you know, uh, the new year and Yom Kippur and all this kind of stuff. So what ends up happening is, is Moses goes up the mountain and he dies. The people went into Israel. So why, why did God want Moses to go die and not go, go into the Holy Land? Because apparently, as the story goes, anything that Moses touched was eternal. It lasted forever. Mm. Okay. So no matter, if Moses built something, it's still here on this earth, according to Mundell. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the people were going into the land, the Holy Land, for, and they wanted redemption. They wanted the Messiah. They wanted to live forever. They wanted all of this stuff. But the thing is, is they weren't perfect enough yet. So they couldn't see that. They all thought, you know, we're on a higher level. We're perfect people. We're going into this Holy Land, and now we're going to live forever. Mm. But that would have only happened if Moses would have went in the land with them. So God says, so the people are confused. Why does God have to, why is God commanding Moses to go up the mountain to die? Well, the reason is, is because they still had sin. They still had things to correct. Okay. So they weren't supposed to stay and live forever in that spot. They, when they sinned, they went into exile. So 
there was a bigger meaning for that that the people couldn't see. That's where that's where I was going with with this whole story. Is like this: we can't know the reason for everything. We try our best to do our best to be as good a people as we can, but still, we're getting to that higher level. But still, it's it's still not as probably as high of level as we can get to. So we have to endure what things that we are that are coming in our way in a way but that's there's still the test there we still have to keep trying better we still have to keep trying better it's like until we get to that ultimate stage whether it's in this life or afterlife no matter what you've been dealt with no matter how good you are it's like it's still there's still room to grow yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't see always how our actions are influencing and affecting not only ourselves, but other people and our evolution and how there is a greater purpose and plan, regardless of what our kind of linear vision can be at times. It's so true. Oh, well, thank you, Howard, for sharing all of that. I'm, you know, I, I know that there's just so many different rabbit holes we could go down in terms of the crystal, in terms of life and all these deeper meanings, but thank you for sharing your time. And Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me in on your podcast. I mean, little crazy me, you know, um, <laughs> just trying my best to you know, to, it's actually my first podcast ever. Wow. Well, yeah. hopefully that'll give you the, uh, the segue. I mean, really we could, we could write books, we could make movies <laughs> on Howard and the Oralite, the well, never ending, the never ending saga. The never ending story. I, I mean, if Steven Spielberg's listening, I, I'm available anytime. We'll see. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You yeah. never know. He might might just drop in. It. You know. Maybe he needs a little reiki or something. You know, to get him through the day. I don't know. Oh my gosh! I know. We didn't even get to have. Uh, we didn't even get to uh, talk about your. Because um, one of the things that I always talk about on the on the podcast is like how people like what pe how people take care of themselves energetically. And the one thing about you, and I always talk about how it's not like a one size fits all, you know, and what like, I have never, it, like so far in my life met anyone that was on such a, um, a schedule as you, like the way that you conduct the flow of your day is so um, special and unique and I always like it make it didn't make sense for me necessarily when I first realized it because I had never experienced being on that kind of routine ritual. I mean because just you know just to kind of like preface like Howard from the moment he wakes up to the moment that he goes to bed really is it's it's pretty much the same every day and by like a very specific timeline. And the best way that I, you know, and I now that I under, better understand ritual and routine, 
it makes that much more sense, but also it keeps your engine running. You have more energy than anyone that I've ever met. You keep you and like you wake up ridiculously early and live the life in exactly the way that you want to live it. And you get to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy. And I think that what makes so much sense for me, given the energy of the crystal and what it brings into your life, and it's like, if you didn't have that routine, you'd be all over the place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I don't even know where that came from. You know, I don't know the word sleeping in. I I don't know why it happens that way, but I think, um, I get more bang out of out of the day that way. I think that uh, you know. I think it gives you more energy to be more consistent, and in like you know your sleeping patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, I just think it's. I think it's uh, for whatever reason it just works. It just works, you know. And you gotta you gotta have that. You gotta have that wind up. That wind up and just wind up, wind up, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then just to wind down, and then you've got enough energy to just wind back up again. You wake up every day happy. You go to bed happy. That's life. It's beautiful life, right? (laughs) Well, let's let's leave it on that note. We'll we'll spread that out into the world. I know that letting the you know the crystal speak for itself, and I just love to be able to share that, to share your story. And just, I always feel so good when I'm able to not only share my experience with Oralite, but to actually then be able to share um, the crystal because to, to just be in such alignment with your mission and your, uh, the way that you share it is so in alignment with how I continue to share any crystal, which is, Again, allowing it to be theirs to discover and never trying to tell someone what their experience should be or should look like and allowing for the magic to come to life in that very um, personal and profound way. So you're part of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. You're part of that. You're part of the land of the north. (laughs) You know it. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Um, so anyways, it's how been are call- it's been calling you. It called you this year, you know, why didn't you pick up the phone? Ah! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to dig a tunnel next time. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, Kama, so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing everything. And, you know, I always look forward to our chats. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please leave a review and share with your friends because I want you to be the start of the ripple that allows others to honor and empower the energy that lies within.